In today's world, listeners are complex and multidimensional, and it's a little cumbersome to toggle back and forth from channel to channel trying to get your fix. We feel your podcast should be just as diverse as you. Welcome to Fred Talks, where the topics are as layered and multifaceted as you are, with a dash of inspiration and a little bit of an edge. Hey, welcome to another episode of Fred Talks, the catalyst for crucial conversations for the culture. I'm your host, Fred B., and today I can confidently say we'll be wrapping up the dope conversation we've been having with creator of Soft Black Girl over the last few weeks, my cousin, uh, Mrs. Jasmine Davis. If you're just now tuning in, just know I'm over here giving you the side eye, but I still want you to get caught up by checking out the previous episodes, all right? So in the meantime, we're about to pick up right where the conversation left off right after these ground rules. This probably doesn't need to be said, but of course, we're going to say it anyway. The views and opinions expressed on Fred Talks podcast are not to be misconstrued as professional advice, counsel, gospel, a personal attack, law, guarantees, a substitution for hard work, a one-size-fits-all formula for every scenario, or any type of promise. It's a podcast, y'all. Come on. You know you need to consult a credentialed professional before making a hasty or significant change with your life. Don't you? Don't you? Of course you do. Now, be encouraged by the show. Be entertained by the show. Be challenged to cross-examine some of your long-held beliefs. Note, the host and his guests have strong views held loosely. Being committed to lifelong learning means that the perspectives may change in light of information. That's not contradiction. That's evolution. So please, don't come for us unless we send for you. Now that we have an understanding, let's get back to today's episode of Fred Talks. I'm not saying it, it happened overnight, but that is what influenced because he, that's the way energy works. It works, you know, yeah. in our whole. So, yeah. we, oh, come on. I hate come to on. say it like that. So, because people say, oh, well, you just put on the same old thing. But no, really, nah. once you get nah. yourself together, it yeah. will. Uh, it will affect the energy of the other whole. Yeah. You know, it will. Initially, I said, yo, your husband probably doesn't have to check in with you. He'll just step up. And then by default, you'll be mm-hmm. more in your feminine energy. But there is a thing called po- polarity. And um, mm-hmm. the for that first came on my radar um, when I read that book that you and I were talking about, um, the, the Way of the Superior Man. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I can see it. But yeah, you're right. You can influence it too because like say, hypothetically speaking, let's say your husband just started slipping or scaling back a little bit, which required you to step up out of necessity. If you refuse to step up, eventually, like now it's probably going to hurt a little bit. Something probably going to fall through the cracks. (laughs) But eventually it's going to force him to assume his rightful position. Uh, And so people, I think, have to weigh out. Do I want um, instant fix or do I want transformation? Uh So like... Uh Yeah, mm. I can go ahead and do it and quickly solve the problem, but it won't be long term. But if I just uh, back yeah. and we keep going through this, then that's when transformation really happens. Yeah. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. Yeah. And and that is what I that is my advice. That's that's something that I'm constantly um telling other women, you know, sometimes oh it's when you're going through, that's with anything. If even if you're working out, if you're doing a trans, any mm-hmm. type of transformation, it's gonna have that rough, rocky, get the way it's gonna mm-hmm. hurt. You know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's not gonna be comfortable. You know, yeah. But 
you know, um, the keep trying to get your if you're trying to get your husband to step into masculinity, you know, or get more into his masculinity, the way to do that is not leaning in, but it is leaning out, and that might hurt mm-hmm. some, you know, yeah. and it might be uncomfortable, but that is the way. And sometimes, you know, and you know, I know there's a quote going around, you know, it says, uh, uh, it's like, um, it says black women, uh, F it, I'll do it, you know, it's yeah, whenever. Yeah. No, but see, we have, we that's have, okay. That's, that's, that's not, you, do you see what I'm saying? Not just, we want to continue in that because the only yeah. way, only that's having that attitude is really going to give, get us more of that energy. Mm-hmm. In order to get mm-hmm. the energy that you desire, you have to step out of what you normally do, and you have to do something mm-hmm. totally different, which is sometimes not doing anything. Yeah. And the whole family may suffer temporarily, but long term. Long term. all be the better. Yeah. And then, right. not only will it affect you guys, but then your posterity, the legacy, because of the example that you guys set long term, you know? Yes. Um, Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff, man. Exactly. Absolutely. You, 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 you helping us. You helping male and female. With <laughs> the gems you dropping. Can you talk about a little bit about role models? Um, who? So you talked about grandma. You said mm-hmm. you know there's other people that you draw from, but you also said you have to do some research. Um, mm-hmm. Who are the people you you? Uh, I don't know if this is the appropriate way or if you feel okay with this, but you look up to or you draw inspiration mm-hmm. from now that are. Who, who's modeling the version of femininity that you agree with, maybe as just an individual? And then uh, who's modeling it in marriage the way that resonates with you? So, uh, I, you know, my, my, the first, my grandma, like, she, mm-hmm. you know, is a perfect example. Now, I'm not a perfect person, but she is a perfect example of a black woman who was very educated, was very learned, and was quote unquote very independent who did not was very conscious not come across who did not leap um my grandma she graduated in 1963 from Tuskegee Institute when it was still the institute was degree um okay and, yes and she was very very learned very intelligent um but in her relationship with you know uh my grandfather my stepfather like she was very lean back. She didn't, that's not what she led with. It wasn't an all in your face. Oh, I got two degrees. You know, like, that didn't, that's not, if you were to ask my grandma what made her a quality woman, it wouldn't, she wouldn't necessarily lead with her education or her accomplishments or her job. That's not what she would lead with, you know. Mm-hmm. She would lead with her feminine aspect of her being. Um, okay. You know, so yeah, I, that was a great example of someone who and I really you were able to, to. You were able to absorb that as a child, like you you, you picked up. On I it? feel like I did absorb it, but I feel like uh, it was not prominent. That's not the prominent image that okay. you know in the ninth. Because you know, I'm a, I mean, I was born in the eighth, but you know, the ninth grade. So you know, we came still yeah. single and the you know the independent. We saw. So, uh, 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 real woman, so, you know, all of that, they were pushing that. So that's what I thought that, you know, a quality woman was. But, you know, now yeah. that I'm older, the more I'm thinking in 
this feminine energy is my feminine flow, you know, I'm quickly reminded of my grandma, like, all the time, I wish I actually, you know, had a, um, pay more attention to that and really embody yeah. it earlier, but, you know, things come when they're supposed to come. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but, you know, she's a great example of that, and also, you know, um, I have other role models as well, uh, like, uh, what, some of the major people who have made a, a big impact on me would be Candace Adewale. She is actually mm-hmm. on Facebook, and she is the author of a book called um, The Black Girl's Guide to Being Blissfully Feminine. And it's one of the first mm-hmm. books about feminine energy that I read. And I always, anytime people come to me, actually, oh, what are some books about feminine I always mm-hmm. Always, because mm. I—I mean, if you look at my copy, it's so ugly. Like, because I've been back and forth through it, you know, because mm. it's it's catered to us. The message catered to us, you know. Yeah. Um. So, um, I, I love her, and actually, you know, we have dialogue, and you know, she's very, she's someone who I look up to when I actually go to for advice. Um, and well, let her. me ask you this: Why are you there, though? Is, is there mm-hmm. if somebody's listening? You know, um, I don't suspect that only black people listen to my mm-hmm. podcast, you know? So let's say if there's somebody of other ethnicity mm-hmm. um, and they say, well, is there a distinction between black femininity or what femininity looks like for a black person uh, compared to, I don't know, white or Hispanic? I, I think you're, tar- you're saying the soft black girl because you're offering solutions for a unique yes. predicament. For a unique but, per- predicament, yes. But would you say femininity, like once it is achieved, I guess, or once it's embraced, looks the same? Femininity uh, is an energy. Yeah, it's an energy. Okay. It's universal. It's universal. Okay. Um, okay. In okay. fact, I have white followers on, on my page. White women actually follow in life here um, because the images in the articles, is, you know, yeah. the message resonates with them because they are in their feminine uh, sure. essence. You know, sure. so, yes, anybody, it's not just absolutely, you know, I would love for more people, more cultures to participate and just kind of get those images out there, share as many images as yeah. can, because that's what we're doing. We are trying to build an awareness that we are this way, that we are not just one way, just like how other cultures mm-hmm. can put many different faces of themselves mm-hmm. out. We would like mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking of other cultures, um, Mina Earth, oh my goodness, I, I love her. Like, I've learned so much from her life. She mm. just, I love Mina. I think she, I don't want to say where she's from because I don't want to get it wrong, mm. but, you mm. know, I want to say it's, or Pakistan. It's either one of the two, but she, uh, her, her YouTube channel is the Universe Guru. I've drawn a lot of inspiration from her um, mm. as far as basic principles of feminine energy. Uh, Candace Onita. Um, who has mm-hmm. been in the feminine energy uh, game for years, like 20-plus mm-hmm. years now, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and also, uh, other women, Eartha Kitt is a mm-hmm. great yo, example yo. of a black woman, right? Yeah. You know, just embodying the yeah. feminine essence, Donna Summers, like, yeah. you know, um, I, I there are Oh, 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 and um, um, 
Diane Carroll. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I love going back with me. You know, and even, you know, Naomi Campbell, very um, yeah. unapologetically feminine yeah. in her essence. You know, as a black woman who still, a lot of people don't realize, but she she is actually an activist, but she mm-hmm. does it in such a feminine way, people don't even realize that mm-hmm. she is an activist like that, you know, because mm-hmm. she stays in that energy. Stay mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. that um, oh, and yeah. I love Dolly Parton, too. Dolly Parton would have to be one of my favorite women because she had she was an activist, um, but she did it in a way where, I mean, that is the perfect way. If anybody wants to know how can I be an activist or how can I be for this or call to still be in my feminine energy and come across as a feminine woman, study Dolly Parton because she had it down pat. She had it down there. Um, okay. Yeah. Let, let me interject. Let me throw this out there. If you have more, uh, we'll keep going down there. But you're saying mm-hmm. so much. And as, as you are mentioning people from different walks of life, I'm just, I'm even more impressed, Jason. Um, and so the question now then is like, okay, you have this brand, Soft Black Girl. You are unapologetic in your commitment to help black women feel and embrace their feminine energy, right? Um, Correct. But, um, and we kind of had this conversation on Facebook about like tribalism, cult and all this stuff. And I love the perspective Mm -hmm. you brought. But you know, a lot of times when we pledge our allegiance to black people, black culture, uh, it's almost like the black, black culture, the participants, the members of black culture uh, forbid you, whether it's a, whether it's an explicit <laughs> statement or a tacit or mm-hmm. like to see any value or any virtue in anything yeah. outside of the black community. Like, like we are the alpha and omega, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. you know what I'm saying? Yes, I know. Everything yes. else. Yeah. So how do you, um, how do you, you, you are clearly unapologetic. I mean, it's even in the name, but you don't stutter in affirming these other women how do you balance that? What have you had? To, what kind of conversations have you had to have? Um, or do you not even entertain those things? You know, because people would like to act. And, and I think that's when it becomes unhealthy. I don't mind having a tribe. But when you're so polarized that you are so and delusional that you can't see the humanity in somebody else, like you're mm-hmm. playing yourself, man. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's a lazy mind that cannot see the yes. And it's a, it's, it's a person that says, well, I'd rather play it safe and not entertain anything outside of this camp and they don't realize like, Hey, by, by, by trying to protect what's in, you also lock yourself out of whatever else may be out there. Mm. And, 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 yeah. and a God mentality is like, yo, everything is mine. Like I got access to everything. Hey, you know like, hey. like, like, yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. a member of this tribe. I'm here. I've been mm-hmm. racialized to be here. And you know, I'm not ashamed of that. However, mm-hmm. I can go eat from over there. Like nothing's all prohibited. For me, you know what I mean. I, I transcend all these. Yeah, you know. But, but anyway, that's come on, I, I hear come on no, now, no, no. come on. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think trans. I think the story is transcend, transcending, transcending these. Like, don't let nobody else define how you move. Well, I used to be one of those pro-black. Don't throw up the space like yeah. only, only black, yeah. only black. 
Yeah. You know. <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. But, I think it's a phase you 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 have to burn it's through. A phase. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. It's like cake day. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so it's like, but you know, when you, the more I started, you know, I think it was this feminine energy journey that helped me look, okay, these other women have the energy. But, but you know, like, I mean, mm-hmm. they do. They have. Mm-hmm. Not saying that there are no black women who, oh, yeah. and I want to name another black women, woman who uh, very instrumental, namaste more. I recommend anybody to her. She's been in uh, feminine energy game for a very long time. Beautiful soul. Beautiful soul. And she is mm-hmm. a melanated woman. I don't even know if she identifies black, but, you know, mm-hmm. she's, you know, she will be what people call black. So, okay. um, but is you know, so, so, studying women like her and I started having to venture outside and even the more I started I had to research okay this is how our our culture is but how are other cultures I had to study people of other cultures to see what was missing for mine and just what was okay what is the missing link that doesn't mean that I'm I start worshiping their culture or wanted to be a part of their culture or but that is a powerful and honestly, I feel like as far as black people, one of the reasons why we don't uh, propel forward is we are tribal in the wrong way, not tribal mm. in the right Dang. way. Uh, we are tribal in the wrong way, not tribal mm. in the right Dang. way. It's like strategy. It's like almost non-existent. You know, like yeah. we don't, I'm going to tell you, I recommend every black person, because I know we're getting off but you know, I recommend every black person read three books, well, four books. I would, uh, I would, I would recommend everyone to read um, uh, The Art of War. Okay. Um, I would recommend everyone read uh, The 48 Laws of Power. Laws of Power. Oh, that's um, my favorite book. Yeah. Robert Green. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All of it. So all of the Robert Green. All books, of it. You know. All of it. Yeah. Yeah. The Art of Seduction by Robert Greene, of course. Um, Soft Power, um, that's a good one. Mm. Soft Power Mm. is, yeah, it's very, I would recommend all women, but men as well, to read that book. Really? Everything doesn't have to be done with group four. Yes. Okay. Black people can understand that everything, that's, that's it's actually a political book, but it was recommended to me in a femininity setting. So, yeah. because feminism is very political, you know, that's a whole other conversation. So, coming back to what I, I mean, was saying. And, and not to get all religious, you know, that was really the um, the strength of, like, depending on, no matter how people feel about Jesus and Christianity and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But that was, uh, it's just if you look at it as a story, for sake of non-religious people, that was the strength of his ministry. Like, it wasn't this overt, you know. It was not, yes. Iron yes. hammer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Charis- it was, it was learning, more... Knowing how to be charismatic and, yeah. You, mm-hmm. you pull, what do mm-hmm. they say? You pull more flies with honey. Yeah. Whatever they say. Outside of them. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know. But, <laughs> but yeah. you know. Man, that was a sound also, right here, though. You, know, you, said, you said we are tribal in the wrong ways and not tribal in the right ways. In the ways. wrong ways. Yeah. Yes. But, and also, everybody should read the about That's every human on earth. You know, I just... You know, I love that book. Like that is in. Wait, say that again. What, what is the name of the, the book? The Cabalion. The Cabalion. Okay. The Cabalion. Yes, okay. that okay. is. 
that is the book to, I feel like anytime anybody comes to me with any problem in their life, they're going to get a link to the Kabbalion. Like that is, okay. I say read this and we'll discuss afterwards. You know, like okay. that is like. Male or female, you would recommend? Male, female, dog, cat. We interrupt this episode to express our gratitude for your listenership. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a regular listener, we want to deepen our connection. There are a few ways to do that. First, make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And of course, chances are that if you like the show, your friends will too. So be sure to post, share, and repost on all of your social media outlets. Also, don't be shy. Connect with Fred B on Twitter using the handle at Fred Talks, spelled Fred T-A-L-X. After you've completed those two steps, visit the Patreon page at patreon.com slash Fred Talks. Remember, Talks is spelled T-A-L-X. And check out the multitude of ways for you to support. Lastly, if you enjoy the podcast version of Fred Talks, imagine how electric a live Fred Talks session would be. Sure, recordings are great, but when it comes to value, there are some intangibles that require you to be in a live setting to get full impact. The goal is to begin online via the podcast and ultimately take the sessions offline to do the real work of providing solution-oriented, motivational sessions to impact current and emerging leaders of all ages. To get more information about hosting a live Fred Talk session for your staff, students, members, send an inquiry to fredtalks at mail.com to get the conversation so you know, started. You That's all for now. Let's get you back like, to the show. This stays the forefront of your mind, but you know, this is revolutionary. It's, it's soft, but it's revolutionary. You know that. Right. right? It's shifting paradigm. Yes, I do know. Yes, I do okay. know. Okay. So, and this is my know. way of being, and, and that's what, you know, this is my giving back. I feel like a lot of times mm-hmm. we feel like in order to be an activist or to be, you know, oh, how are you giving back to the community? What are you, you doing, doing, doing? You know, it was focused on this masculine word that it's, that it's doing. What are you, what are you mm-hmm. doing? What are you producing? This mm-hmm. is what, this is what I am creating. This is what mm-hmm. I am cultivating. This is my gift mm-hmm. to yeah. my race. You know, this is not a gift just for women. This is a gift for men. This is a gift for women. This is a gift for children. This is a gift to black people. Um, so this is yeah. a way to do that. You don't have to always be on the front lines of a picket line, you know, in order to make a difference. This is a yeah. way you can make a difference in a soft way. You don't have to always be overtly yeah. doing in your doing energy. Yeah. Yeah. I would even say in addition to doing though, I think another way that you're giving back and being revolutionary, even if you were to retire the soft black girl as a platform, it's not just your doing, but in your being. Like, because when right. you walk into the room, the energy that you exude, you being authentic and, 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 and living out your femininity, because of what we talked about with polarity, it almost is going to demand that everything else align. You see what I'm saying? Right. Like, just your... Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Another thing that is a revolutionary act is parenting. Anybody who follows you can see how attentive and how intentional you are. Even you said it over this episode how intentional you are with the parenting practices. But I think um, you have, you have even, you're even 
you're extra revolutionary because you're not just mom, but you're, you're homeschooling. So right under the parent, I guess, would be the teacher because they're kind of, in a way, they're kind of co-parenting. Like when I send my kids to school, whether I like it or not, I'm sharing that responsibility, or I should say somebody else is sharing that responsibility with me. And, you know, like I said, whether I like it or not, the reason why I say whether I like it or not is because I can't help but always think about um, Woodson, you know, the miseducation of the Negro. Can you talk to me about, one, have you read Miseducation of the Negro? Um, and did that, does that influence your homeschooling at all? And two, what was your inspiration behind homeschooling? Actually, I have not read. I mean, I, I know the premises of, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's all, look, it's on my Audible, it's on my Kindle account. I have not read it, you know. Wow. I, I know the, the premise of the book, you know, but I have not. No, I haven't explored the book. I have okay. not. Okay. I know. All right. Yeah. Well, you're here. Yeah. I know. So, I mean, that's fine. Okay. okay. Exactly right. Yeah. And honestly, you know, when we first got into homeschooling, it wasn't even racial, you know, necessarily racially motivated. It was actually more religious because at the time I was religious. Um, so it was, and, you know, I was going to a church, mostly white church. Um, okay. A white church. Cause you know, a couple of black people doesn't mean that it's, you know, really diverse, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it was a shout out to that church. Cause it really is. I mean, that church is really doing a lot. Just in, you know, as far as it was a great church, you know, for that time really? period, it was what I needed. Okay. Yeah. At that time, you know, I don't really, you know. I, you know, we'll get into that later, but, you know, I, I, I do yeah. give, you know, where it's due, you know, see, and the that's church. A, that's a mature was, mind that can see nuance. Like, you don't have to throw it all away. You can respect the good exactly. that it did provide. Right on. Exactly. Because it really did. Because without that church, we wouldn't have gotten into homeschooling um, because there was actually a strong community of homeschoolers at that church that made me feel comfortable enough to pull my children out and they actually coached me how to process, mm. you know, with the process in, in, you know, in that they would have my back. You know, I knew that I had people who I could relate to, who I could go and talk to, who could help get me started the first year mm. when I did uh, homeschool. So um, that was that's the why we started, you know, doing it because, you know, my son, my oldest son, because my my other son, my Hayden, he was actually going to work with me because, you know, I've taught preschool for over 10 years, and he was going to work with me at the time. Um, mm. was, um, my oldest son was in school, but he was always constantly getting in trouble for talking, and this is something that I got in trouble for when I was a kid. Um, and, you know, he was very smart. He did two years of him. So, so he did two years of uh, Head Start? He did two years of Head Start. So he was already a, ahead of most of the children in his class. It's like he did three years of kindergarten. So, you know, he's already ahead. But, you know, um, he, the school, the way they had him learning was not necessarily the best for him. He was getting straight A, you know, because a lot of people, they assume, oh, you know, he's been No, my, my son was on the A honor roll. You know, we pulled yeah. him because... Honestly, one of the, the, the critical things was that I asked him a question one time, and it required a lot of critical thinking, a lot of critical thinking. Like, it wasn't A, B, multiple choice. 
was, you know, that's right. how their text went when he was in school. It was very, you know, basically memorized it enough so you can pass the test. Um, but when I asked him, you know, I was like, no, this is something you would have to think about, baby, just from stuff that you know. Like, you need to answer this question just based off of your common knowledge. He mm-hmm, started crying. Mm-hmm. He couldn't answer it. He could not answer it. He could not answer it and start crying. And that let me know that, you know, because at that age, I was like, I feel like at this age, I was able to answer this question. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that, that kind of really made a big impact in the reason of why we decided, because I felt like, you know, really just learning just to have tests and that's right. good, I guess, but not really because how does, how is that, you know, what is, he's not going to be able to contribute anything besides yeah. the other than copying what he, yeah. you know, he, he's not going to be able memorization. To exactly. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of alluded to some misconceptions people have about homeschooling. Like they typically think, oh, it's because maybe the child wasn't performing well. Or, or it was some type of performance issue, or maybe behavior issue. What other, some other, what is like the most glaring uh, misconception uh, uninformed people have about <laughs> homeschooling? Whether whether they think the whole day is just, maybe they think it's super easy. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. they think there's no real curriculum. Maybe they think mm-hmm. the kids don't come out smarter. They lack social skills or whatever. Whatever. What like talk enlighten us. Well, you know the first thing. You know, one of the, the biggest questions that I always get asked is, um, so what curriculum do you guys <laughs> And I know yeah. this might be really petty, but, you know, I basically start saying, you know, I'll tell them, you know, all the resources that we use and that we utilize, and usually I'll follow it right up with, so what, what curriculum do they use at your child's school? Because mm, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's a you know. Question. Too. And usually it's dead silence, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, I good. do that for a reason to show it basically to to shine a light on it because I mm-hmm. know exactly what my children are learning. But yeah. We, yeah. you know, and it's not an attack, but if I do feel like it's in a attackful way, because which people can be that way, you know, it's like. Yeah. As soon as I say I'm a homeschooler, like, for some reason, that puts people in their feelings automatically. Like, I have no reason, you know, but why? But, you know, and I really, well, I feel like, you know, people project their insecurities, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, you know, um, (laughs) I'm not judging, you know, but. But you would think they would celebrate, though, like, just, one, you're breaking away from this monolith that, you know, Mm -hmm. like, how how many black homeschooling moms do we do do we know like you know what i mean like in your circle right well you probably have a different type of circle but i can't right. list off like 10 black homeschooling moms you know so let's celebrate the diversity there but what's really dope is you said i was teaching for 10 years let's celebrate that entrepreneurial spirit as well though like okay i was i was working and adding value to another yeah you were helping the kids but you were bringing income and revenue for another system and you took those right. skills did it for yourself like that's something to be celebrated are you accepting uh enrollment okay. like what's the process i have a i run a licensed uh home child care uh business from home as well i'm in the process of restructuring that actually it used to be called okay. the full school early learning mm-hmm. academy mm-hmm. 
but um, it has since been relicensed as a uh, Super Setters LLC. And okay. um, yeah, and that's just really a personal thing. Because I'm decided that you know my children are getting older. My uh, youngest, I mean my oldest, he is middle school age. So there are some things that he wants to do this year. You know, uh, extracurricular activities as far as like beta club and different things like that that he wants to get into that requires more of my attention. So I am kind of scaling back, you know, falling back away from that and um, doing that full time. And that will be on a drop in um, and part time level. And, you know, I will mm-hmm. also be doing some, I will also be specializing in on site event child care. So I'm transitioning mm-hmm. that business. Um, the name of our actual homeschool, my boys, um, and what we're doing with that is called Phoenix Rising Homeschool Academy. And mm-hmm. that's the name that we came up with because mm-hmm. I am very big into symbolism. And mm-hmm. so are my children. And we like what the Phoenix represents. You know, it is mm-hmm. um, it's a symbol of transformation, of setting everything on fire and starting all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And rising from the ashes. You know, so, yeah, so we, we, we really like that. And also what we're, what we're doing now is we're in the process, actually, of making Things Rising Homeschool Academy a nonprofit organization. And what that will do is that will be served as a um, low-cost, low-to-no-cost um, umbrella school in the state of Alabama. In the state of Alabama, we don't have per se homeschooling laws, quote unquote, but we do have schooling laws and the schooling laws are in that have to be enrolled in a registered school, have to be registered in a school. Now the way this works, homeschoolers is there are umbrella schools or cover schools. You will you will come up under a cover school or umbrella school. And what the umbrella school does, there are some that are very, very hands on and there are some that are very hands off. Our umbrella our current umbrella school is very hands off. All we have to do is have to submit um, attendance at the beginning of the year, and we have to submit attendance at the end of the year, and that's it. And they send that to the state. That's what we will be doing, uh, hopefully, by the end of this calendar year, if everything is ironed out the way it's supposed to be. So we will be serving as a connector. Also, with this, we'll be trying to. So our goal is to serve as a connector of other homeschool families, mainly black homeschool families in the state of Alabama, so we can start linking, networking together, and also doing field trips and um, socially events. You talked about the symbolism, and then when you start to unpack it, especially when you talked about, like, you know, burning things down and, and rebuilding it, that really helps me segue to this whole uh, transformation and this uh spiritual, religious deconstruction mm-hmm. uh, that, you, that you've gone through. And I know that that's one of the common grounds or common things that you and I share. In fact, uh, I was talking to my wife, telling her about the interview. And um, I said, yeah, you know, you and I were kind of orbiting around the same circles. We were like, we're in a lot of the same groups or we would post kind of the same type of stuff. But uh, I think when we really started to uh, c- kind of converse more frequently, was um, I posted something about in defense of or in admiration of Carlson Pier- Carlson Pearson, mm-hmm. and I think you I were remember. Like, you were shocked. Like what? Like no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Right. And, uh, my wife was like, well, what, what, like she meant it like, she was like, she was trying to pinpoint where in my deconstruction process or reconstruction process did I meet you? So she was like, well, it's because she knew like you were a pastor before. And so she's like, well, how could you associate with somebody like him? Or is it because she's thinking you're not religious at all? Like, what are you doing? You know, even into a religious person. I was like, nah, um, I think it was just because he's so much of an outlier mm-hmm. from like mainstream Christianity and all of right. my previous postings were kind of more aligned with like safe or traditional Christianity. So it kind yeah. of shook people. Anyway, uh, that, that sticks out in my mind is when we like really started to vibe. Right. So mm-hmm. can you, uh, as long or as short of a version you want to <laughs> give us, like, Talk to us about what deconstruction looks like, looked like, what precipitated it for you, where you are now. I know you grew up as a Christian. Do you identify as Christian now? You know, whatever you want to speak to uh, with that. Well, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think <laughs> okay, all right. You know, um, I'm going to try to summarize it the best that I can, but, okay. you know, I grew up know, in a uh, Christian home, quote, you know, um, Christianized home, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was raised, you know, I, I went to a Christian school, um, uh, and, you know, I learned about, you know, for the first, like, six years of my life, well, seven years, actually, because then I went to a Catholic school for a little bit, and, yeah, and then I went to public school, uh, but we, you know, we went to church here and there, and I, I knew a lot about the Bible and, you know, Jesus, and, you know, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I was a Christian. I was raised to be a Christian. I was baptized when I was six years old, uh, was rebaptized again as an adult, you know, um, but yeah, so I was raised in a Christianized household. I wasn't necessarily the most Christian. I didn't really start, you know, exploring Christianity for myself until I was an adult. Um, I was, uh, it was when, I, after I had my first born child, you know, I knew that Okay, I said, okay, I want to be, you know, everybody after they have their first child, they want to be a better person. So, you yeah. know, I was like, I want to be the best person that I can be for him. So, you know, I was mm-hmm. like, well, I'm just going to start going to church, you know, because all the good people yeah. I know go to church. So, so, you know, so I started going to church. And, um, you know, the church that I went to, you know, uh, it was a great starter church, you know. Um, it was yeah. very light, so, and I've always been a very deep person. So, yeah. um, yeah. you know, it was, I kind of came away from that church somewhat, and actually, mm-hmm. I started listening to the pray. And um, mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah, I, I love crap like You know, I was a big rap person before Christianity. No way, but like, no way. When I became, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Let us, like, let us find out. There's some YouTube uh, clips of you spitting fire. Rapping hey, stuff. it let might literally, out. it might be. I was in a rap group in high school. Yep. What? Yep. Yes, wow, I was. Yes, all female rap group. Yep. What was your rap name? Uh, Detroit. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I okay. know that's so lame, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. We'll forgive you. <laughs> Look. So wait. Right. <laughs> now, so I was Lecrae. A fan of Lecrae. Yes. Now are you talk, and I'm still a fan of Lecrae, actually, and I really yes, appreciate. I am too. Yeah. The way he's using his platform. Now, were mm-hmm. you tracking with Lecrae? Lecrae like throughout his whole, because he went through deconstruction. 
Or were you he went through kind of drawn to him? Mm-hmm. Yes. No, but I was drawn to the first part of like the, you know, I forget Jesus music, the craze. Like, you okay. know, and okay. he said something in his in his in his words in one of the rhymes one time he said something he said the word sovereign will. And when he said that no, this was on the rehab album. And he said the word, mm-hmm. he said the term sovereign will and I said, What was that? So I rewinded mm-hmm. it and I said, Oh, he said sovereign will. What is that? That sounds like something mm-hmm. I should know about. So, you know, yeah. Naturally, how I am, I hear something that sticks out. I'm going to research it. So then I start researching, you know, what Sovereign Will did. And then I took six months of that. That led into six months of, six months of research into a form of theology. Yeah. And okay. um, so then I decided while I was going to this other church that was not reformed, that I was not going to go there. So I stopped going there and I kept researching reformed theology and started Plug in I'm not a Christian now. 
you know, um, I'm, I do I believe that the Bible is a wonderful book. So um, I yeah. appreciate my sister Ruth, and I appreciate um, good solid, you know, are open-minded. But, you know, that's not what I am. You know, like I tell people all the time that uh, Christianity is my foundation, it's my building block. You know, Jesus is still yeah. my friend. So I look at yeah. him every day in the mirror when I look in the mirror. Do you look so, at white Jesus no. or, 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 or uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Right. That's a whole nother right. thing. That's a whole nother thing. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah. And, right. Um, and that's a whole nother thing. It's Christ deal with me, but my understanding of what Christ is is a whole lot more expanded than what it used to be, you know, yeah. um, and, yeah. you know, so that is where, but no, I, I no longer uh, identify as a Christian. I identify as more of spiritual or, you know, someone who is connected to the source um, yeah. and sovereign in their own position. People take issue with, you know, people making statements like, you know, I don't identify as a Christian anymore, as if Jesus came to found, or, or like he was, he was trying to start a Christian religion. Mm, I really exactly. think um, if, I call, if I put that label on myself and I draw that circle around myself, it's really restricting mm-hmm. my whole experience. It's saying, okay, this, yes. the summation yes. of my whole spiritual experience can be defined by this, and I think that's just not true. And... Yes. When so when you have so many different denominations saying all pronounced professing that they're Christian, does it even have any meaning now? When you have forty four thousand different denominations, <laughs> exactly right. Define? What does that even mean? Right? Yeah. It, 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 yeah. It, 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 it's kind of like if people say, "Well, this isn't like you know, if everything is important, then nothing's important. Well, if everybody can be a Christian, then nobody is really a Christian, then, right? Right. And, right. And I think it's more of a cultural thing. I love how Frederick Douglass draws a distinction between the Christianity of this land versus like the real raw, uncolonized version of Christianity. But this whole, mm-hmm. the whole Western type of Christianity and, and all the things that have been done in this name, I can understand why people would want to disassociate or distance themselves from it. Right. Another thing that people um, kind of take issue with is people saying, oh, I'm spiritual. They try to ridicule that when the very Bible that they actually commit idolatry with like they idolize the bible so much that they refuse to think critically about it to scrutinize it they think it's beyond questioning they they put it on the same playing field mm-hmm. like it's god the father son holy spirit and the book like, <laughs> right you know what I'm <laughs> yeah yeah basically yeah 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 and that same book though says you who are spiritual um you know restore such a one you know the sons of god are led by the spirit of god not mm-hmm. just this rule book and so there's right. something to be said. Even the book says, you know, esteems being spiritual. I just think it means like I can't be defined by one faith tradition. I might, I see the value in some of that. Like that's where I got my foundation. Mm-hmm. But the Buddhists have something, have something of value to say. Yes. You know, and I can borrow from that as well. I don't have to take mm-hmm. it all. Like I won't be defined and by right. that in entirety either, you know. Yeah, Jasmine, I could I could keep going on and on, but I have taken two hours of your time. <laughs> and I I could I could really go and go and go, but you got a whole family. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do. And um I, yeah. yeah, and I wanna be respectful. So I'm gonna just wrap it up now and just tell you thank you again so much. I value your time, not just because of the value you brought to the conversation, but because I know for you to do this, there were some other things you had to step away from and I really appreciate that. Shout out to your yeah. husband for holding it down while you take the call and your, <laughs> and your son. Uh, 
before we get out, let's just do this. Plug all the things that you want to plug. Like, how do they find the soft black girl? How do they connect with you? If you want to be found, some people just want to lay low. Like, whatever information they need to have, throw that out there. This is just your moment. Okay. Well, uh, the soft black girl can be found on Facebook. We are almost at 1,000 likes. So, if and by the time this airs, I'm sure we'll be well over that. So, but mm-hmm. you go in and um, it's at, it is at, you can find it on Instagram or Facebook at Soft Black Girl or The Soft Black Girl. Um, mm. And you can just set up and it'll, it should come up or you can follow the hashtag Soft Black Girl. And um, that's for that. Also, we have a product line that will be launching very soon this fall that I've been working diligently on. Um, as far as teachers and apparel for women want to express their softness outwardly. Um, also, we, um, as far as super sitters, that is, I'm still working on that, but you can find that at, um, on Instagram at, at super sitters, LLC. Um, and, uh, Phoenix Horizon can be found on Facebook at Phoenix Rising Homeschool Academy. So right. to all of my thank you. Right on. So, hey, Jasmine, anything that you get into um, and there's a way I can support or you want to come back and promote it, you know, um, I'd be happy to accommodate, especially being that you are my cousin on my Facebook side. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so you just say the word, you just let me know. Okay, thank you so much, Fred. I really appreciate being here tonight. As always, I appreciate you tuning in one more again with your guy while you're here. Just a reminder to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Fred Talks is available on every podcast platform. And hey, run me those stars, fam. If you appreciate the show, say so. Log on to Apple iTunes and drop me a line about what you enjoy about the podcast. Leave that five-star review so the podcast becomes easier to find for others who are looking for something just like this. You probably don't think it's much support because it doesn't cost you much, but it absolutely means a lot to me that you would take a moment to do that for me. So thank you in advance. Hey, y'all have a great week. Tune in next week for another dope episode.